Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, Murray, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah. I'm well. How are you feeling? I yeah. Uh... I feel great, <laughs> as you can tell by my voice. Look, I think, I think it's really nice. You've got a bit of an Elvis Costello vibe to your voice <laughs> this morning. Yeah, yeah, I know. The joys of having kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, last night. Well, it's been going on all weekend, you know. They've been sleeping in all four of us. Such three of us have been in the same bed. Yeah. You know, coughing on either side. So, you know, <laughs> just riddled in germs. It's, it's one great. way to strengthen your own immune system, though, you know. Yeah, it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't reached that stage of parenthood yet? I haven't reached the stage of, no. Like, so George will, like, wake up in the morning now and he'll start sort of, like, you know, just thrashing about a little bit in his cot that's still next to our bed. And we've found if you take him out and put him in the bed, you'll maybe be able to get another, like, 20 to 30 minutes sleep. Yeah, it's really interesting as, a, like, growing up, like, you were kind of told, like, you know, don't put kids in your bed. Mm. But like, man, you just got to do what you got to do. It is super interesting. I find like there's like two types of advice. You either get the people like from a slightly older generation who are like, no, you got to let them like cry yeah. it out. And then like, I find that there's like a bit of a, like a newer sort of line of reasoning of like, nah, just like help them out. Like there's yeah. a reason that they're crying. So it is interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many midwives at the hospital were like, you can't spoil a baby. Like, just love that baby. <laughs> so it is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, what's changed? Did you guys ever kind of try... Like, I don't even know the word for it, but it's like, can when you kind of, like, lead them to self-soothe? Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, actually, yeah, we couldn't let him cry as a baby because if he got too worked oh. up, it would, like, cause lots of issues. So he was pretty pampered. Okay. And he knew it. Yeah, sure. I, I, picked, I caught on pretty quick. He knew if he cried, he'd get what he wanted. Yeah, sure. Um... Hazel was a bit different. We didn't, so she was a lot more independent. We just yeah. sort of, I think that was her personality. You could just stick it down and she's like, okay, mm. go to bed, bye, and walk mm. out. But now they share rooms and she can move because she's not in a cot. It's a bit different. But before that period, she was really good as a baby. Just give her a bottle, stick her in the room, turn the light off, walk out, sleep. <laughs> See, I'm moving like way ahead in our series, but I'm thinking in a few weeks, like experiences. <laughs> How do you think like that has like shaped them differently? Has yeah. it? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I don't know if Asher remembers yeah. all that, so it's hard. Um, yeah, like I, I show him pictures when he's a baby. Mm. He's like, oh, Asher in hospital. Like he kind of he knows. Mm. I don't think it really deters him. Like sure. he doesn't like freak him out. Like some people ask, oh, how yeah. does he feel about his scars? Or well, part of him. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how do you feel about your fingers? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just like who he is. So he can say cardiologist now. Well, yeah. I, I, I taught him cardiac because I was cardiac then. He goes, heart. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's right. Nice. So, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. You're only like teaching him Latin and Greek, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so great sermon on Sunday. Thanks, mate. That was uh, very encouraged it. on the heart. So well, I'm going to hit it off there. With, well, what is heart from a biblical perspective? Mm. Yeah. Um, heart from a biblical perspective is a little bit different really like to our like modern day understanding so yeah we sort of understand the heart as obviously you know the literal organ but then there's a very sort of emotional Mm. element to it and I think that even 
there's this idea, this, you know, almost um, this duality of like your heart or your head Ooh. and which one to listen to. It's actually, it was like an Instagram sort of like comic book guy who I followed for a while. And his two characters were a literal, like a love heart and a brain. And the idea was that they were polar opposites and they were always Ooh. sort of, you know, the brain was always overthinking and the heart was always maybe um, too flippant in making Ooh. decisions kind of thing. I think that that really like summarises how we maybe view the heart and understand it from that more metaphorical perspective. Um, but yeah, for like the people that Jesus was speaking to, like for first century, like Jews and like people like in, you know, the, the broader area of the Roman Empire, like this idea of heart was a lot more sort of like holistic in this idea of it really, you know, like the, the Jewish way of thinking was that like heart was also thoughts. There's also choices, you know, and this idea there was almost your like physical self as well. There was this element to it. So you still had like that emotional element to it. Um, but yeah, it was really tied in as well to <clears throat> almost what we today would think like our mind. Um, and also what you'd almost think your, you know, your, your soul, your very, Ooh. you know, your, your very self, you know, your identity. Um, so yeah, the, the word like lev kind of has a lot more broader meaning maybe, and maybe, um, isn't seen as limiting, you mm. know, it's more thought of as all encompassing, yeah. which is kind of weird then when like Jesus is saying like, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And strength. Well, yeah, yeah, strength sort of in the, you know, sort of the Shema, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, how do you sort of like navigate between mm. those two worlds and talking about heart to people yeah. who don't view it that way in our yeah. modern society as well? So I guess the other thing, like, so lev is the Hebrew word for heart, just in case people didn't pick that up. Yeah, yeah. And in, I remember doing Greek, it's different, but es blasmosmai, Jesus' bowels moved. You know what it says? Compassion. Yes. He sees yes. the crowds and he felt compassion. Yeah. And it's like literally his bowels moved. I'm like, man, that's a lot, like, that's a really Hebraic way of thinking, like yeah. verbs, like your body does something. And so like for them, a heart was more like your stomach. And yeah. Actually, if you think about physiologically, like when you're nervous, you get like butterflies in your stomach. Totally. And so that's where they sort of saw the heart being was yeah. like your stomach, your bowels are moving. And yeah. Yeah. There's, um, it's interesting, like you read Genesis and when God breathes life into Adam, mm. the nepesh, the life spirit, there's... Mm. The Jews had this, what we call a dichotomy. Mm. It's just physical and like spiritual. That's it. There's mm. where well, the Greeks have what was called a trichotomy, you know, mind, soul, body. Mm. And yeah, I, I, I think it when like the sages says, love the Lord to go, your heart, soul, mind, mm. strength. It's all using different words to say the same thing. Yeah. I don't think he saw a split. Like we mm. said, yeah, mind and heart. It's, and it's weird that we think of like the heart, like, cause I don't know, your heart, I don't ever feel anything in my heart. Like, the, my pulse will race. Oh, really? You'd never, you never feel anything, like, sort of in a moment of, like, heartache? You've never maybe had that experience? No, probably or... more my stomach. Like, I... Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, so like, my heart might will beat yeah. quicker. Yeah. I remember when I was doing physiology at um, university. Sure. And we were talking about, you know, how to make like, your heart stronger and exercise enlargens it. Mm -hmm. But then the lecturer, he said, he goes, and there's also like a way you can get your heart beating without doing the exercise. And he played this video and it was like a jump scare. Yeah. And everyone like was freaked out. <laughs> and he goes, there you go. Like your heart's probably now about 150 <laughs> <Yeah>. later. <laughs> and so, 
Yeah, like this. That's one way to keep the uh, students yeah, engaged you know, in class. Just played this nice video. It was hilarious. All the, everyone was screaming and I jumped. But, yeah, it wasn't they, by any chance the one of the like car rolling through the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. the zombie jumps <laughs> yeah. out at the end. Classic. Yeah. It's like some like Dutch energy yeah, drink yeah, or yeah. something. So, yes. But yeah, but I didn't like, I feel the heart beating. But yeah, I'd say I feel things like in the gut. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, again, who knows if it's psychosomatic or if yes. there's something going on, but I do find in moments, and it's definitely not all the time, but in moments of prayer, uh, both, like, either myself or, or others, mm. like, feel like it's a particularly powerful prayer. Mm. Like, I do feel something in my heart. Yep. Now, I don't know if that's, like, psychosomatic and if I'm imagining it or making it up or, or whatever. Like, I, I just can't say. But, like, I do genuinely feel sometimes, like, that almost movement of the spirit in my heart at times. Oh. And it's fascinating. I remember, you know, it's, I, I feel like this is probably a real case that they riffed off. There's, like, an episode of House where there's this woman who comes in who's, like, super healthy. She's young. Like, no reason to be having, like, a heart attack. But then he figures out that she had been engaged and her, like, fiancé died or left her or something. This idea that she was on a, like, medical level feeling heartbreak. And they oh. say that that can happen. It's like Star Wars Episode 3. Crossbitch <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back to Star Wars. What happens in Star Wars Episode 3? Well, that's when Luke and Leia's mum dies after Anakin... Yeah, like she's pregnant with the twins and then oh, she dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalie Portman dies. Yeah, 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 and the joke's like, she's dying of a broken heart. And that's like, oh, oh, and I was like, that's so lame, but. Yeah, no, like, okay. I think that there, I, I think that there are, that. like, documented yeah. events. And then I remember I was actually trying to find uh, this video to play during my sermon, but evidently God didn't want me to play any videos. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. good that I didn't add any more. But there was this story that I remember watching of this old lady, this, like, little old lady in America uh, who had had a heart transplant. And she suddenly started having dreams of riding this big chopper, like a motorbike, like down these like winding country paths. And she was so confused. And it later came out that the guy that she'd had her heart like yeah. transplant from had been a biker. That's so So this idea that there's like some medical suggestions Ooh. that we actually hold some form of memories in our heart. Okay, there you go. Weird, That's right? interesting. That is really weird. So like, I think like that mm. Hebrew idea of the heart maybe oh. isn't completely like shouldn't completely be dismissed yeah, i actually yeah, think yeah. that there's something to it which is interesting yes yeah what do you reckon is the danger of sort of separating our body like the sort of chart of a cow at a steakhouse yeah, <laughs> into yeah, yeah. like brain heart soul strength like what do you think yeah. is the danger of that well i think too you start to compartmentalize life mm. and mm. i'm going to talk about this this week with life as worship mm. um, so Gnosticism slash, uh, yeah. So Gnosticism is this sort of belief um, where you, like the spiritual is more better than the, the physical. Mm -hmm. So, or you could call it dualism. That's sure. another word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gnosticism was the religion that people followed, but yeah. dualistic thinking. So you start to think anything spiritual is better yeah. than anything physical. Mm. So, yeah. So I suppose if you have this division between your heart and your mind... My heart says this, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you can start to just go, well, what does that even mean, my heart? Well, mm. I've always been confused, but it feels like my heart says this, but my brain says this. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? It feels mm. like you're almost competing with this 
competition within you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does happen though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely experience that. Yeah, yeah. I feel conflicted at my core, you know. Yeah. I think like that's definitely the way that we have learned to express that idea. Yes. Um, definitely putting you on the spot right now. Oh, so yeah, the answer well. will probably be no. <laughs> Can you think of like a place in scripture where it talks about being sort of like conflicted at your core, like this idea? I, I can't off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, not really. Not yeah. Give me some time. Oh, yeah, I can. Jesus in the garden. Oh, such Dude, a good like, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's totally like, he's like, not, not your, your will. will but, yeah, not my, not will, my will, but yours, but yours sorry, be done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's what gives ah, us the true yeah. humanity. Great example. Yeah, like, and some scholars see that as like, it's like the new Adam's temptation. Because Jesus yeah. in a garden, sure. tempted to follow. What, whose will is he going to follow? God's or his own? And huh. it gives a lot more humanity to yeah. Jesus that he actually was undergoing this temptation and you see too he doesn't want to do it mm. but you know if I was you know, remove this cup like that's pretty, yeah pretty full on language yeah 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 for that. sure so, yeah yeah I don't want to do this and like this idea of him bleeding blood oh sorry sweating blood yeah, it's like it's, it's really intense yeah moment. that's a really cool example and I sort of like have felt in my own life at times that um, it can be a bit tricky if I feel God sort of calling me to do something like feel that nudge of the mm. spirit that is aligned with my own heart yeah but definitely there's been times when he's like being calling me to do stuff that i didn't want to do and like yeah. in those moments it's at least i feel a lot easier to be like well that must be god because <laughs> <laughs> i would not be wanting to do that yeah. myself i remember it's a little bit off topic but i remember when i started so i was studying part-time i was working at Lee Cambrella part-time i just started and so I started tent making part time at Auburn Pool. I remember thinking, how I did not want to go there. Like I remember walking in, going, because yeah. I'd see Auburn Pool on the train when I used to commute from the city, mm-hmm. and just think I, they'd be like the last place on earth I'd want to work. This really rough. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking through the doors, like, how has this happened? How am I here? And it just was sort of almost like God's will. And mm. yeah, it wasn't the best place to work, but it wasn't the worst. And it mm. was just, but that was the season where God wanted me because yeah I remember I had lots of opportunities to share with people because mm. I asked you what do you do and I'm like oh yeah I work for a church my pastor and I was studying at yeah. Bible college and mm. so yeah there's times where God will just totally. sort of direct you and it's it is you can like, try you can fight against it but yeah. it doesn't it is an interesting advantage I feel like just from my experience of not having <clears throat> been doing pastoral work for that long <clears throat> You suddenly, like, I feel like in the past it was very contrived and difficult to bring up Jesus sometimes in conversations with people. Yeah. But, like, suddenly if you're a pastor or you work at a church or you're studying, like, at a seminary college, people are, like, suddenly intrigued. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're serious about this. Yeah. Like, you're, you're committing your life to this. Yeah. Like, people, like, I remember say I'd study theology. Like, what's that? I'm like, oh, sure. Question. Yeah. So I kind of explain. That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, these, all these fancy words that we use, which mm. I don't even... We don't think about yeah so, Christianese. Yeah. I would have thought theology was a Christianese word, but I guess for some people it might be. Yeah, it's a difficult <laughs> word. I guess <laughs> if you never heard of it, what's what's theos? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Yeah. Um, what, one of the things you unpacked in your sermon was obviously joy, mm. but I was interested in like focused a lot on anger, mm. and sadness. So mm. John two, Jesus cleansing the temple. Yeah. How can it anger? How can we have righteous anger? It's a good question. Mm. And I like don't um, 
necessarily think that I... So, like, I sort of used the example of, like, a Brendan McAdam or an Ian Stewart. Like, that's frustration. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. And, like, I definitely wrestle with, like, that passage. Because, like, he made a, like, whip out of cords. Yeah. Like, that's intense. Like, so I assume, like... I don't know, like, did he did he actually whip people or was it just as a kind of, like, a cattle driver kind of, like, whipping them out and, like, cracking the whip? Yeah. Like, it's a pretty intense sort of Jesus that, you know, is almost, like, going into that, like, that messianic expectation of, like, yeah. this warrior, you know? So how do we have righteous anger? I think, like, for me, it has to be about... Um, like, what are you, what are you angry about? Like, I think like, that's a cool thing. Like, what are you actually angry about? I think that's one big thing. And I think like, also what is your like action achieving? But again, Mm. like I use the analogy or not the analogy, almost like I called it like the litmus test, Mm. the kind of test if it is like good anger. And I said, like, are you building something up or tearing something Mm. down? But Jesus was kind of tearing something down there. He was, but with the intention to build something up. Right. Yeah. I'll tear down the temple and it will be rebuilt yeah, yeah, three days. days like, what are you talking yeah. about? And then, yeah, I love it at the end there. And they're like, until, oh, where does it say here? Yeah, it says, yeah. And after he was raised from the dead, the disciples record what he said, that they believe scripture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, even yeah. they didn't get it. They're yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sitting there just as puzzled. And it's mm. like, after his death and resurrection. Totally. Like, yeah. I mean, so I think I'd on. probably like still stand by that idea of like, it needs to be building up. But maybe sometimes, like, if you want to build a new house, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need to, like, knock down an yeah. old shack. Or sometimes you need to, like, clear the land a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. As a parent, I find myself getting angry. Yeah. Two little kids. Sometimes not very righteous. Yeah, look, when they do something really naughty, they'll stick them on a naughty chair. Mm. Pretty cranky. Mm. We, we have our... So we, couple of weeks I'll explore emotional intelligence I put it in the small group study a little picture of like um, the zone of regulation yeah. we use that with Asha because mm. sometimes there's trouble expressing emotion and it's been really helpful because I'll point to like the angry face so daddy's feeling angry right now because you're being very naughty mm. Asha's like no daddy you feel happy I was like no you feel happy I feel angry <laughs> but yeah there's times you just get angry just because you know, it is it is this interesting line because talk, God's wrath is a real thing Mm. And, yeah, it's, I think, hard for us because wrath has such negative connotations. Mm. I think as someone who's an angry person, it's not a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody being angry and it being, like, a good thing. Like, just, like, like, could you say, like, Martin Luther King was angry when he's like, I "I have a dream? Yeah. Could you say, like, a Rosa Parks was angry or Eddie Marbo was angry? Angry at, like... Injustice. injustice. Yeah, I think that's... Well, I've, I've used this quote a few times by Miroslav Volf when he said he found God's wrath mm. you know, detestable and then surviving the war. He goes, if God's not angry at this, he's not worthy of worship. Yeah. So there's his anger at, like, injustice and suffering yeah. and mm. wanting to change. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be, like... So, like, I think it probably begs to be noted that that is... From what I can think of, I, mean, I guess actually Jesus gets pretty angry at the Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, he, he calls them like them. Vi- brood of vipers yeah, and whitewashed tombs. Yeah. So I suppose he gets angry at them as well, doesn't he? 
So yeah, and then like there definitely seems to be points in like Paul's epistles where he's pretty mad at certain congregations yeah, that he's yeah. writing to and stuff, you know. Like he Rich. really, as you put like just the other week, like he rips into the Corinthians, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I think there's that place for righteous anger. But I, think, I like what you said, is it, is it building up or is it mm. tearing down? And mm. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, there's, there's a, a psychologist called Henry Weinsinger, and he does a lot of stuff on emotional intelligence, which I'll unpack in a couple of weeks. And he says anger is a sign that something's wrong. Mm. So it's interesting. When he first started sort of lecturing, I guess, he'd contact me and say, oh, I've got this book on anger management. He goes, oh, you don't have anger problem. I don't need that. And he goes, he'd call up the same company and say, oh, I've got a thing on emotional intelligence. Oh, ooh, yeah, we're interested in that. Yeah. So it's like people don't want to acknowledge that they've got anger issues. Mm. So... Mm. But he he would say like if you're angry, mm. that's a sign that something's wrong. And to like okay, why am I angry? What's causing? What's wrong? Mm. So yeah, that that awareness that yeah, like and so something's wrong. It needs to be fixed. Yeah, I think the other like thing that I just personally have struggled with in the past. And to be honest, it was probably when I was working like as a manager in a cafe and drinking like. 10 times more coffee than I should have. <laughs> right? Um I think, like, anger can, like, unfortunately be a pretty effective sort of almost fuel to get things done yes. sometimes. Um, and so that can become, like, very intoxicating when you realise, like, oh, if I just, like, get a little bit angry and kind of push through this, like, things get done. But, yeah, like... At what expense? Mm. <laughs> like, because I think also it's one of those things where it can be very hard to switch off <laughs> once you've, like, turned it on. Yeah. And maybe that's, like, when it's unrighteous or self-righteous Ooh. anger. Yeah. Um, the, in the, in the, the 80s and 90s, the anger management, the way to get ang- to they psychologists say to manage anger was to, like, lash out on a punching bag. So if you're angry, just... <laughs> go nuts just let it all out but yeah, yeah they, there was this research done well it's probably 10 or so years ago well they actually tried that out and so they had like a control group and one group when they were to think of something that made them angry and then they were to get a picture of a person that they didn't like and to punch it actually like made their anger worse sure. others were meant to use like you know, anger management strategies and yeah. they said those are actually learned to control anger about lashing out actually dealt with anger better mm. and so yeah. yeah I can see how that would like exacerbate your feelings of yeah. hatred towards someone yeah. if you punched a photo of them yeah so mm. it's interesting because it's almost like you know I say oh boys will be boys let them just sort of punch it out and mm. get it out their system but mm. yeah I think like for me as well there's like a like connection between sort of anger and fear and like so one interesting thing about like the movie that I was referencing Inside Out was there's actually like there's five kind of emotions and the other two are fear and disgust which I think you can have godly fear and godly disgust well, but fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Sure. And the beginning of knowledge, which is interesting. That's so, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. conclusion of all three wisdom books, yeah, yeah. right? Like fear, fear the Lord. Fear, yeah. um, and I think it's really interesting. I kind of um, was, I was originally planning to speak on all five and I just kind of cut it out. But yeah. it was fascinating when you look at um, the passage in Exodus where like Moses is about to go up the mountain mm. and the Israelites are afraid 
yeah. of like the fire and the lightning. And I mean, like, fair enough. Like, it sounds terrifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, and they're terrified. I think so. Exodus sixteen, nineteen, nineteen, and yeah. So essentially, it's this idea that they are afraid in that moment, um, and then ultimately. So even though, despite it was God's plan for all of the Israelites to go up and worship Him on that mountain, it's this idea that Moses goes up because he's the only one who. I don't know. I don't know if he wasn't afraid, but he doesn't allow that fear to. Yeah. Um, paralyze him from going yeah. up and, and meeting God um, but then what you end up seeing is like Moses comes back down the mountain and like the Israelites have made a golden calf yeah. it's like well how afraid were you of God yeah. and what kind of fear did you have and so there's this interesting thing that's like two different words mm. that there's like the fear that the Israelites feel yes. is like actually like an afraid fear mm -hmm. where the fear that Moses feels is actually a reverence yeah. because God himself says like fear the Lord your God right yeah. So it's this fascinating thing where you can have good fear and bad fear. Yeah. And that tends to be what most Hebrew scholars say with fear of the Lord in mm. the beginning. It's more awe, mm. reverence. Yeah. But yeah, it's not that paralyzing, crippling fear. Sure. Which I guess is a problem when we use the English language. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember, but I remember it's a compound word, Yah Yahweh, fear of the Lord. Mm. So like, you know, the word butterfly it's if you split it in half, a butterfly is yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. an insect, not something that's butter that flies. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. saying like yeah, Yahweh, it's not just like fear how we understand it. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, that more. And so like they some it's Trevor Longman, he's probably comment suggests that we should probably change fear of the Lord mm. because it just connotates fear in our yeah. context. It connotates like you're afraid. Yeah, where reverence gives you like okay, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, you understand that better. Or awe. awe of the Lord is the beginning yeah. of wisdom. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're in awe of God. You're not mm. like petrified. Yeah. Same with like the words. I've talked about the, the word submission. Like when you say wife submit, like you manically think like you see like a wrestler. Tapping yeah. out, I'm tapping out. I'm <laughs> yeah. tapping out. Well, it's like, well, no, it's not that type of submission. You're yeah. not dominating. For it's, sure. Um, it's like how we submit to Jesus. Like we do that to His commands, but He hasn't got His. Sort of choking us out. Sure. <laughs> this sure, sure, sure. Recognition of his authority. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It is interesting. So, like, kind of going back to that anger, I think, like, quite often bad anger can be sort of have this, like, undertone of fear, mm. right? Like, we lash out. It's almost this fight or flight. Oh, a bit like the dark side of the force. Sure. <laughs> fear leads to anger. Second Star Wars <laughs> reference. Let's see if we can get three. So good. I love it. I love that they're, like, they're actually not that forced. Excuse no, the pun, but no. like they like it's, you're, well, it's you're weaving them in. George Lucas, uh, yeah, look, he's a pagan, but he had like this interesting, like his idea of the Force. It's a weird concept, but mm. like there's he kind of riffs stuff off all sort of religions mm. and creating his yeah. version of the galaxy, and it's mm. yeah, interesting there. Mm. The underlying fear that's what the dark side's all about. Mm. Fear it causes, mm. and there's probably truth to that because there's fear will make you do things. Mm. Like you said, if you have if you're fearful, you get angry. Yeah. So say like when you hypothetically imagine a cafe and mm. you're fearful that your staff are gonna stuff up, so you start yelling at them. Mm. Like there's yeah yeah so. yeah yeah. So um yeah, and I I think that as we were talking about like anger before of like punching the picture of like yeah. you know of somebody you don't like. Um, only because you've now, like, we've just got to even up the tally. I'm just going to bring in some <laughs> Harry Potter because like nobody says Voldemort's name. They say, yeah, like, he true. who must not yeah, be named, yeah, yeah. right? And I feel like that, like, intensifies the fear. Yes. Whereas, like, Harry is like, no, Voldemort. 
and everyone's like freaking out that like mm. this idea that like as we choose to continue to fear something yeah. we like almost concentrate it and it becomes yeah, more yeah. and more so i think like all these like kind of toxic sides of emotions and like even like this is like the thing that i love about the movie inside out pretty much like one of the like underlying things of it is like exploring like toxic positivity because at the start of the movie, like, the character Joy, the emotion of, like, happiness, sort of, like, completely is, like, runs uh, Riley, the main character's mind, right? And it's the idea. It's like, yeah, everything's good. Everything's happy. Don't yeah. worry. Like, we'll keep on pushing through. And the whole movie is about, like, her learning to understand her full range of yeah. emotions and not just sort of put a happy Band-Aid yeah. over everything. That's what a lot of Christians do. There's that song, um, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And there's a line that says, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Which is really unhelpful. Because hmm. it says, we should never be discouraged. There's times where you... Well, yeah. I get what they're trying to say. Hmm. But there are times where... Yeah, you can't just... Hmm. Like, if you've lost a loved one, sure. you're going to feel some sort of... Sure, sure. Yeah. I just found that interesting when we're singing it. It's like, yeah, it's this idea of like, I should always be just, oh, God's there, trust God, it's going to be thumbs up for Mm. you. And I was like, I get what the song's saying, but Mm. I noticed that it's sort of just tapping into that, like, just put band-aids. We're always going to be good because... Yeah. And if you actually see scripture and there's times where, (laughs) man, the psalmist, yeah, yeah, too happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Or even, like, Jesus himself is, like, discouraged when, like, the disciples just don't get his teachings, right? They're like, oh, like, how much longer do I need to put up with you? Yeah, and discouraged on the cross. Yeah, absolutely. so, yeah, there's that... I I think, too, it's a bit of that Western idea. You kind of pull yourself up by your Mm. bootstraps and don't let them see you crying. You keep a happy face. I wonder, like, if it's... Elements of that getting into it. Yeah, I'm I'm packing this up. No, no, well, song, it's, something, yeah. it's something fascinating because so like we've got a funeral kind of happening yeah. a bit later today downstairs, and I was chatting to a guy who's kind of come in to work on it, and he does like funeral stuff all the time. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, how long do you think this will go for?" I'm like, "Oh, look, I don't know, like maybe an hour, an hour and a half." He's like, "Okay, cool, that's usually it." He goes, yeah, I mean, sometimes you don't know. Like, I went to a Samoan funeral recently, he was saying, that went for 24 hours. 24 hours? Right? It's crazy. And, like, even, like, again, like, you think of the Jews, there's, like, this, like, period of grieving when somebody dies, like, for days, and, like, everyone comes to the house and stuff. So, yeah, it is, like, a very, yeah, Western, white sort of thing to kind of, I don't know, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah, yeah. you know, kind um, of just go. And look, I'm pretty guilty of that. There's sort of times where I just think, oh, yeah, she'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> We're our products yeah. of our culture. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. And it's really fascinating, um, like, going back to when I was in college, like, doing drama. We did, like, all these exercises in voice where you're trying to, like, sort of, like, open up your body more, essentially. Because, like, the more open your body is and the less tension you hold, the more your voice resonates in your body. It's the idea, anyway. So, anyway, um, the teacher, we're doing, like, all these, like, weird yoga poses and, like, humming and stuff. Feels, like, very weird. But, anyway, it does work. But... Uh, the teacher said it's not uncommon for people to suddenly, like when they're stretching out their stomach a lot and like stretching out their ribs and stuff or even the parts of their legs to yeah. suddenly like feel these emotions that they've actually like buried deep down yeah. inside them for a very long time that suddenly come up, yeah. you know. So have, holding on to these emotions when we don't sort of process yeah. them fully. It's very fascinating. Have you ever done, um, when Rachel and I were in hospital, we saw the, the hospital psychologist she made us do an exercise of mindfulness mm. which is different from meditating mindfulness is just 
Well, the mindfulness she goes was just breathing. Sure. And so I've, yeah. I've even got CDs of Christian psych. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like this weird. Yeah, yeah. So she just recorded herself for 10 minutes just going, now breathe, now hold, relax your face. And I have to admit, when we first did it, so she, <laughs> she did it live and recorded it so we could miss yeah. it back. I remember this tension it just felt like my face was like, yeah. oh, wow. I couldn't believe like, how much I was holding in my face. Sure. And suddenly yeah. my face just felt like light. I was like, oh, wow. Just releasing the muscles, like That's holding crazy. like this tension. of Yeah. So, yeah, even just that simple act of just breathing, mm. just letting go of things. I was like, Ooh. Yeah. yeah so. No, totally. So we've looked at like how you can have godly fear. Now look at sadness. That was the... How do you think we have one. godly godly sadness? Well, I think it can tie in, I guess, with the... Well, it's a, it's a big one kind of happening around the world, like the Ukraine. Like, I think I said in church, if you actually have to be pretty heartless to look at up footage of, you know, civilians fleeing for their lives mm. and not sort of feel some sort of like, mm. Mm, that's really terrible. But also a problem, I guess, if you can get numb to it. But mm. yeah, like that's probably the big one. Like there's this real sadness that mm. comes with that. And I suppose that can yeah, also too can tie in with like anger. But that's just one example. But I think too sadness is actually acknowledging that there's things in life that just suck mm. and that's okay to cry. Mm. And that's probably what I was kind of picking apart that song, What from You Have in Jesus, mm. is that, well... Yeah, when you're sad, actually, that's okay to be sad. You know, mm. It's not sort of this sinful emotion. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis, A Grief Observed, I think, mm. I think I did mention it in church one time. Like, when he wrote it, he wrote it under a pseudonym yeah. because, like, the publishers didn't want the public to know this is C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. He's pouring his heart out about the loss of his wife. And yeah. it's, it's a really intense read. If you, Yeah, and he just this, But that's what he did. He went through this huge grieving process, mm. and then it's... So... Yeah, again, going back to the psalmist, like there's this you know, Psalm 22, mm. my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. That's pretty heavy duty. Yeah, well, the entire book of Lamentations. Yeah, right? like well, that's song. a whole book on sadness. Yeah. Even the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. It's a book on sadness. It's just like, yeah. oh, I don't really get life. What's the yeah. point of this all? There's, yeah. Which psalm is it? I always forget if it's 77. There's one of them, Psalm 87, it's just ends, ends with like, <laughs> just like, yeah, nothing. Like <laughs> just this bitterness. Yeah, something I cried to God for help. I cried out in my distress. I saw, you know, at night I stretched out, untiring, and I would not be comforted. Like that's fairly intense. Sure. Language. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, there's this acknowledgement that if there's. I suppose for the psalmist, the sadness was driven from. I guess what they would see is, well, God's promised us this covenant. Yeah. The covenant is, is that, well, we'll be people of this land, land of Canaan, mm. and God's promised to, you know, protect us and be our God. And we're not seeing that. So mm. it's this sadness about, I guess, either A, that this, the sinfulness of the Israelites so that's resulted in breaches of the covenant. Mm. So God's not, mm. he's doing what he said he would do. If there's a breach in it, mm. there won't be a blessing. So it's almost like restoring, like, the wrongs of this world mm. so yeah there's um well my favorite one um jeremiah 20 oh, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's pretty full-on uh, i don't know if i've mentioned this before uh, right? I, like, I just like quoting jeremiah 29 11 that's, uh, that's 20, 20. I, I feel like it really summarizes yeah, yeah, the book he, of jeremiah very well here you go jeremiah 27 <laughs> says you deceived me lord and i was deceived and it has a little footnote in the NIV, persuaded but probably better when it's like raped it's like it can be used as the same word. Mm. 
like yeah you've like tricked me you've done like that's yeah. intense language you've overpowered me and prevailed i'm ridiculed all day long everyone mocks me mm. whenever i speak i cry out proclaim violence and destruction there yeah, so the word of the lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long <laughs> that's, mm. that's how he feels about being called as a prophet he's yeah. saying this to god yeah and then, yeah, and like it just goes on and on. But then, that what's really cool is he gets to verse eleven after sort of having you guys. But the but Yahweh is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. And so I think that's always the thing with biblical grief is the psalmist, prophet, whoever pours out this grief, but they always come back to hope. Yeah. Never just ends on like ah, life's terrible. Mm. And so I guess that's fast. I always go back to like the resurrection and the return of Jesus. Like, okay, this sucks right now. Mm. And I don't understand it why, but I know this. Jesus was real. Jesus died and is resurrected. And because that happens, he's coming back. So I know that there's mm. like a hope. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So I want to kind of explore one last thing before we wrap up, yep. which is the, the, the fifth emotion that I didn't <laughs> have time yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is disgust. Disgust. Ooh. How do you reckon we can have godly disgust? I suppose over sin. Yeah. That would be, I guess that'd be the simple answer. Yeah. Disgust over sinfulness. Because if we understood God's holiness, mm. I think at times I don't really get it. Yeah. Because I truly got God's holiness. Yeah. I'd be a lot more diligent with my life mm. in many ways, mm. which is why we need Jesus. Mm. Like that's saying that's just part of being human. Yeah, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Mm. That? It's so really good. The, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's the disgust is that sin. Yeah, I think Adam and Eve, <laughs> they committed the sin that my kids commit every five seconds. <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> Hazel, don't touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It causes the whole world to... Yeah. Which shows you, like, just... God can't tolerate sin like this. Mm. There's this holiness that just... Yeah, so I think that would be... It's good. What are you you thinking? Look, pretty similar, but I I really like what you draw out about God's holiness there. I think it's, again, something that we... I won't say we. Something that I um, probably don't meditate on enough. I think I can, like, so I can get my head around, well, get my head around. I think about quite a lot, like, God's power Mm. and God's, uh, like, you know, omniscience or knowing. And even, like, I I quite like to think quite often about, like, his omnipresence, the idea that he, like, expands time and space. Um, But I don't know if his holiness is necessarily... um, Fully, fully comprised in any of those ideas. It's a, it's another idea yeah. again, and I think it can be quite an abstract concept, particularly as those in the new covenant, because mm. forgiveness of sins is, to say it a bit crudely, it's quite easy. Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like that. Like obviously, there's water. That repentance is about changing your life, and mm. but we don't have to go to the temple mm. and sacrifice an animal mm. and watch its blood spill into the altar and yeah mm. yeah there's something particularly too it's an animal that's from your own flock that you're sure. sacrificing the best of the best watching yeah. it get drained and then burnt up and it's like mm, this is a very very intense process yeah. for us it's just you know which i'm very grateful for jesus up there in heaven our mediator yeah 
that can make us very flippant about holiness. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah. And that's the tension Paul writes with, say, um, yeah, with the Corinthians and even Galatians. It's like, ah, uh, you know, we, we, like he, yeah, with, with the Galatians, he's talking about the law there. Hey, we don't have to, like, follow all, like, the circumcision parts of law, yada, 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 but mm. it still doesn't kind of give us license to sin. That's where the fruits of spirits come from. Hey, yeah. is the fruits of not the spirit, you know, yeah. debauchery, adultery, yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yada, yeah. murder. But here, the fruits of spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness. Yeah. That's, like, he's kind of giving us a mini summary of what the law is sure. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I even think that like price of like sacrificing an animal, maybe even just like on a very visceral level, is something we're so detached from. Yeah, as again someone who like buys their meat in a like <laughs> perfectly prepackaged, like weighted amount. Chuck it on, a, you know, yeah. Like I don't think yeah. I don't I don't I know it, but I don't think about yeah. you know the idea that a living being and the fish had to like yeah, die, yeah, yeah. that's like throat slit like do you know what i mean and die so that yeah so i think we we are very detached from that idea of like even what animal sacrifice and how brutal and intense that the the price that need to be paid for purity and for holiness we live in an interesting world where we're exposed to lots of violence say through media Mm. like tv like tvs i watch shows now like holy dooly like yeah i remember like watching Rambo 4 mm. as an 18-year-old. Mm. And there's an scene. He's got, like, the MC's blowing. Like, dudes yeah, are getting yeah, blown yeah. up. Left. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seemed like that would almost just, like, raise the bar for violence in movies. I watched sure. a lot of movies and I was like, man, there's, like, so much violence. So in one sense, we see violence, but we also don't. Like, yeah. we live day-to-day in the violence. But yeah, the world Jesus lived in, super violent. People just crucified. And so that idea, which is why it was so shameful, this idea of a crucified... Yeah. Saviour. And so when you lived in that world, gave you a greater picture of like, oh, geez, that crucifixion was horrific. Mm-hmm. Give you, like when you describe, well, we worship Jesus mm-hmm. who's crucified, you're like, oh, okay, I can't mm-hmm. understand what that means because I've seen people sure. right there, probably hanging out there sure. right now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scandal noted <laughs> but uh, yeah like Mark Driscoll like in like a very old sermon like gave this challenge of doing like a media fast and like Em and I sort of decided to do that so it was like not even like no magazines no yeah. newspaper no social media obviously no TV radio yeah. music for I think we did it for a month like it was pretty hardcore and my like family who like aren't Christian who I was still living with at the time they're like literally like reading a magazine and I was like trying not to look at it. Do you know what I mean? Like just in the living room or whatever. Um, But I remember the first, like after that month, Em and I just like put on some movie that we'd been looking forward to seeing. Uh, I forget what it was, but it wasn't even that intense of a scene. But it was like an intimate scene between like these two characters. And like, yeah. But I remember having such a visceral reaction to the point where I was like crying. And I don't like cry a lot. And I like started crying. I think it was like first like i almost like grieved for like my like heart that had been so hardened by media but also it was just like it it was just intense like i didn't want to see that you know like my spirit didn't want to see that i think you're spot on man like we can be so desensitized to probably the disgust that we should feel of the culture and the world around us it's about still loving (laughs) that you know and and having that balance but yeah i think it's actually a really important um emotion that maybe we are so desensitized 
uh, that we don't fully feel. I wrote college, the principal at the time, at principal's hour, he said something I'll never forget. He goes, the problem is, is that people shift the bar. And so yeah. say scripture says it's here, we move the bar down here. Mm. And before you know it, I guess like the frog, falling frog. Like, sure. Before you know it, you move the bar. You don't notice it. No, it's, no, it's incremental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a five, let's just say 5% in decrease every mm. year. And suddenly in five years' time, that's a 25%. So, you know, maybe here you're here. Yeah. Then suddenly you're down mm. here five years later. Like, oh, yeah. how did we get here? Yeah. And that's how, just little by little. And, totally. Yeah, N.T. Wright, he said something really interesting. He said all the bishops and ministers, because he's Anglican, yeah, yeah. he knew still in ministry, they did their prayers morning and night. Because Anglicans have obviously the Book of Common Prayer sure. that they pray through. Yeah, just something that we don't really do as Baptists mm. very well. I want to get a Book of Common Prayer. <laughs> yeah, I've got a copy of it on Kindle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, probably quite helpful. But mm. he just said that's the, probably the thing he noticed is that the ministers that kept up that practice stayed in ministry. Those that let it slip mm. fell away. So fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. So anyway. well, we have gone over. We have. Part. <laughs> we are on to attributes. Is that right? Or abilities? abilities which I'm calling Why do life. I keep as... on calling attributes. Uh, anyway. yeah. So I'm, I'm sh- changing it to life as worship because I feel like heart mm. abilities all can kind of get a bit. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing. So, sure. so changing abilities to life as worship. Yeah, so cool. It's kind of tied into abilities. Yeah, know, absolutely. Abilities. Yeah, work, yeah, yeah. All that. So any uh, any little teaser? Any little uh, taste yeah, test? Yeah, I'm gonna smash out um, dualism. Knock that up. <laughs> just smash it. Go. I gotta go baseball bat. Hopefully, yeah, cha- see, hopefully first... change um, people's. <laughs> For those of you who didn't see, the first one was kind of like a cricket bat movement, yeah. and then the second one was like a pinata <laughs> movement, like whacking a like crepe paper donkey yeah, on the ground. Smashing, smashing dualism for six. Um, yeah, I think too there'd be some people. It's gonna be interesting because I think there'll be some people who that's how they view the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'd be a bit of a paradigm shift slash they probably may or may not even agree. But, sure, yeah, I'm going to argue that biblically it's wrong and that all life is designed to be worshipped. Sure. And particularly the Old Testament. It yes. was designed that way that you, the Torah in particular, your life was to revolve around Yahweh. And so work was worship. Mm. Family time was worship. Yes. All-encompassing, no sort of... My one hour on Sunday morning yeah. is my and one, and one hour during the week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was everything. And nice. So, yeah. That sounds exc- awesome. I'm excited by that. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. excited by it. We'll look forward yeah. to yeah listening to it on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys there on yeah. Sunday. Thanks, yeah, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.